With the Warriors losing six out of their last eight games, is it time to show a little bit of concern? What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, uh, question to my previous uh, question uh, in the intro, but like, do you think Warriors should be concerned? Warriors fans should be concerned about this whole slump that's been happening? Uh, Yeah, probably. I mean, is it? time to sound the alarms that's the question uh i don't i mean right now yes there are some things to fix but in the long run if you think about it steph clay and draymond have not played a full game together on the floor this season this season for nine seconds they played for nine seconds i think steph clay and draymond are undefeated are undefeated um, I, I don't remember the stats. So I'm not going to say the stat. But also, we got the propaganda machine, James Wiseman, who's going to be returning to the court. And um, from reports, the people are saying that he looks good and he'll get some run in the G League. Um, will he fix everything that they need regarding lack of size? No. Um, will the Warriors go out and get a big man? No. Um, and... The the problem was evident tonight against the Timberwolves when you go up a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and he drops 39 on your head. It's because there is a problem dealing with the lack of size. And Kevon Looney can't take it all by himself. Um, so I think they're – I don't think it is time to sound the alarms, but I think this is worrisome. And I think that they need to fix a lot of things to get back to the team they were in November, October, the team that started nine and one. Yeah. um, We saw like, you know, we thought they were back to form the game after all-star break, which was against Portland. Um, Obviously they kind of started slow in the first quarter uh, because of Russ, but they started to pick it up. I think they blew them out by like 30 something points. Um, Steph playmaking ability is on point scoring by committee where the highest was 18. You would think that the Warriors were back. Um, but the Mavs games roll around the T Wolves games roll around. There's a lot of issues I do want to talk about, um, for the Mavs game. Um, I feel like everything was going on point. Um, ball movement was there. Everyone was making shots. Uh, Steph was moving the ball around. Um, Thing was, the second half of the third quarter, it seemed like everything started to unravel, and the Dallas Mavericks went on like a ridiculous 23 to 1 run at one point. I mean, so that run, who do you that, think is most to blame for that? That 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 run is Steve Kerr's fault. Steve Kerr is now a top 15 coach of all time. And I will hold him to a higher level than I will to a what the f- a Frank Vogel, a Frank Vogel, or a uh, damn Tyler. Alvin Gentry. Yeah, Alvin <laughs> Gentry. There you go. A bunch of coaches. <laughs> he saw that the Warriors 
we're going to most likely win this game. So he put everything on cruise control, and he subbed in guys like Damian Lee, Nemanja Bielicka, and it got out of hand. When it when things get out of hand like that, and you start to see the other team gaining momentum, I think personally, if I was a coach, you would sub your guys like Steph, JP, uh, Jordan Poole, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, guys who can make a difference in the game, back into the game to prevent that to prevent that team from getting that momentum to get to get them back into the game and that's not what he did evidently they Mavericks went on 23-1 run and then they ended up winning the game it was probably it was really egregious to see because exactly it it was just like that Nuggets game but the Warriors were telling the fans oh you saw the Nuggets game well wait till this in the Mavericks (laughs) game and it was it was just like the Nuggets game but probably 10 times worse in regards to They literally one up themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think, personally, if you were to point fingers at the end of the day, that game was on Steve Kerr. I do want to point out, though, I saw something on Twitter of, like, the sub-rotation patterns. The Mavs are already starting to climb in single digits. It was 94 to 90. The Warriors are up four. Uh, Steve Kerr decided to sub out Steph Curry for Moses Moody. And with all the momentum on the Mavs side, I get that Steph was in that whole run situation, but you don't take out Steph when you're losing that momentum. I get, I don't know, the whole rotation stuff that, that's been an issue, um, but you don't take out Steph when you feel like the momentum has been shifted. Uh, when you feel like the momentum shift, and that's when you have to put in your superstars. You've seen that with other coaches. Ty Lue does it perfectly with Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard. You've seen Monty Williams do it with Devin Booker. And just, uh, I just find that hilarious that he that he actually did that. Like <laughs> I know <laughs> he's a t- he's a top favorite. He's a, it, it's I just don't understand some of the decisions he makes. I, like I he's so don't. set in his ways. He's really set in his ways. Like exactly. he's like. He's so strict with rotation that there's literally no leeway. We've seen it last season where he has the whole 12-6, 12-6. And I know people were complaining about it because of the whole fourth quarter situation where when games were close, uh, Steve Kerr did not want to sub in Steph until like the six or five minute mark. And they do it the same thing here again. I don't, it's like a weird, funky, weird rotation for, uh, for Steph this season, but the fact where you take out Steph for like a three to four minute window in the middle of the fourth is kind of weird. And it's just, I don't know why they're experimenting now to this day. We're like 75% into the season and we still don't have a clear cut rotation for Steph. I know I'm talking a lot about Steph mostly, but he's your guy. He's the franchise guy. So obviously everything comes down to him. So um I don't know. It's just really disappointing to say the least to see that whole 21 point lead get blown. So, um, but yeah, I mean, defense hasn't been there either. We've seen open shots from the Mavs. Um, Even in like the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, the Mavs had great looks to like take over the lead at one point. They just didn't hit shots. So, I mean, defense has been lacking. Offense has just been horrible. So, I mean, where to go, we don't know. So, we just got to see. And But the whole T-Wolves game, it kind of felt like um, 
the team was catching up a lot the whole game. I understand that Clay and Dre weren't there, um, but I feel like it's just the energy wasn't there. And I do want to talk about Andrew Wiggins, Zach. Um, I feel like his lack of aggressiveness has been concerning for the last month or so. Um, he fell off. He fell off <laughs> since he got the all-star nod. Um, I think he'll come out of it, but I just think um, it's Steph said in his post-game press conference that he'll snap out of it. But especially without having Clay and Draymond on the floor, you need Andrew Wiggins to be that second offensive option, and he's not living up to that right now. I I can see him – if he plays like this, for example, in the postseason with everyone healthy – and he's that still that third option, and he's not playing well. And Stephen Clay can pick up the load. I under I I think the Warriors can win, but if I don't think Clay will be out for an extended period of time, but he does need to pick up the load if Clay is not performing well, um, as he is probably the third offensive option on the team. Um, so. He'll probably snap out of it, but it's I'm just saying he's fallen off ever since he got the all-star nod. He needs to turn I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, Andrew Minnesota. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins against Minnesota in November where he had like 35 points in the post-round cat. That's the Andrew Wiggins I need. I feel like a biggest thing with the lack of aggressiveness is like the fact that Wiggins can't hit his free throws. Um, he's been great. Um I guess the efficiency wise on the field, but when it comes to the free throw line, it's like 50%. I think I saw at one point. Um, do you think that's the reason why the lack of aggressiveness is there for wigs or is it, do you think just engage energy? I don't know. What do you think? Maybe engaged. I don't know. Honestly, I think I think the lack of aggressiveness is probably problem number one. Um, and I think he's just in a slump overall. Um, and when you don't have Clay on the floor, who has been contributing um, and been contributing more than I expected to coming off of injury, um, I think we haven't needed to have Andrew Wiggins play at such a high level like he did earlier in the year. But now that he is, now that Clay is out, now the Warriors are facing a tougher schedule. He needs to start picking up his slack and getting out of that slump ASAP because I can't see another box score where Steph has 34 points and the next highest score is 12 Like 13. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that won't win you basketball games. And it's a complete flashback to last year where the Warriors, it seemed like every single night in this in the spring, there would have Steph, for example, that Mavericks game where Steph had 51 or 50, 57. I think 57, I know that game clearly. 50, 57 points and they still lost. Can't be games like that at all this year. Yeah. Um, but there was a few this season where Steph had like 30 something and they still lost. I mean, um obviously there are circumstances in those games but you don't want to see that you don't want to have like the great games wasted um just because of um exact the others not stepping up 
Speaking of others not stepping up, I do want to talk about Jordan Poole. Um, I feel like he's been struggling this last month or so. He's been in a slump. He hasn't had a 20. He had a 20 point game in February, but it was only once. But I feel like the whole um, thing with him trying to find his role, um, being in and out of the lineup, being the sixth man, I feel like that's been hindering him trying to find his groove. I was con- I was confused with the fact that Jordan Poole was not starting when Clay was out. So I mean, what's up with Jordan Poole, Zach? I mean, I I don't know what's going on. Is it just I don't know, like um, just the inconsistency with how his role is going to be? Um, like these last month, we're like, what else? What else is the problem? Do you think for Jordan Poole uh, struggles? And like garbage. Um, I don't know how to explain <laughs> that. Uh, I think Jordan Poole's in a slump as well. Um, he's just not shooting the ball well at all. Just seems like no. Um, how do we fix that? How do we get on green? I think that's one. Um, and I think he just needs to. Get his confidence back up, because um, the Jordan Poole that we saw, for example, in that Miami Heat game back in January, early, early January, where he had thirty something points off the bench. I'm pretty sure was off the bench, or was he starting? I sure. I think he was starting. Probably but that's that's the Jordan Poole I need to see. That's Jordan Poole I need to see. Not much else to it. I mean, it's hard for Jordan Poole, like, to have a slump. I saw this on Twitter. Like, someone said, like, they don't understand the Jordan Poole slump because Jordan Poole has a deep enough bag where he can go to the rim. He has a mid-range. It's just – it's not clicking for him. Do you think – obviously, we had this conversation before, but the whole um, Clay being in and out of the lineup, do you probably think that's a big factor to the drop-off and, like, you know – percentages like i think so i think the whole team is uh experiencing the lack of clay who's been out for two games um because you saw the portland game right after the all-star break clay was playing in that that's when steph had 14 assists and it was the whole it was team, scoring by committee yeah, yeah the whole team was contributing clay was playing and they beat the Blazers by 30-something. Granted, that was the Blazers, but if we're being honest, I don't know if the Timberwolves are a legit playoff team. Um, I think They're Carl, a seventh seed right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I think Carl Anthony Towns, great player, but am I sold on the Timberwolves? No, but I, th- Anthony I think Anthony Edwards wasn't playing tonight. Just but, uh, but, for your but information. I, but I think if Clay Thompson played tonight, I think the Warriors would have, would have had a better chance at winning both of these games. The Mavs game, they were dominating that game without Clay. And it was the sloppiness down the stretch and the lack of, not the lack of the shitty coaching down the stretch that lost them that game. Um, but when Clay comes back, when Draymond comes back, when James Wiseman comes back, yeah, I said James Wiseman. There you go, Joe. <laughs> the guy really put James um, Wiseman as a difference maker. 
Um, the Warriors will get back in the groove. And I understand that the Warriors probably have – they have a very tough schedule upcoming, but I'll let it play out. I'll yeah, I mean, it's looking really tough. There's a, there is a uh, big chance that they will slip – I, th- I think it may be inevitable at, inevitable at this point, honestly. Do you think that would benefit them if they fall to I, the three seed? There, there are pros and cons to that. A pro is that they will face a, I, I believe, a better matchup for them in the Mavs and the Nuggets. And I understand that we're going to say that, oh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are coming back. Man, did you see Michael Porter Jr. last year in the postseason? I don't think he's going to make that big of a contribution. Um, Jamal Murray, maybe, if he comes back. Um, and the Mavs, I think you saw on They're the best the, matchup. They're the best I think, matchup I think for the, the Warriors. Seriously, the best matchup for the Warriors. And you saw in the first half on Sunday that they can exploit them. They can get easy buckets. They can dominate them like that. I think being at a two seed is at a little bit of a disadvantage because I think the best team in the plan cat in the plan teams right now are probably the Clippers. And if the Clippers come back with, with Paul George, with the health or, of Paul Kawhi. George or Kawhi with that wing depth that they have and Luke Kennard and uh, Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, I think that will probably be the worst matchup for the Warriors in regards to lack of size, um, et cetera. I think, and second of all, I do not want, there's a part of me that really wants to play the Lakers in the first round, but there's part of me that does not want any, want any piece of LeBron at all in the first round. I'd rather play a Mavs or Nuggets team than play the Lakers or the Clippers because damn straight, no, no, with the, with the way the Warriors are playing on Saturday night, the Warriors-Lakers game will be a close game and I can guarantee that and it shouldn't be close. It'll happen, <laughs> even even with the even the Lakers have without having Anthony Davis, LeBron will have forty something points, and the Warriors may sneak out a close victory. The game shouldn't be close. I mean, the, the game the Lakers game. lost to the damn Pelicans. They were losing <laughs> to the Pelicans at one point in that game by thirty points to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Warriors should have no business being in a close game with the Lakers. That's all I'm saying. And if it's close on Saturday, I will come back on the podcast and I, I won't be happy. It should not be close. <laughs> the uh, Warriors-Lakers game two weeks ago was a two-point victory without Anthony Davis. It's a problem. They, the, I understand a W is a W, but the Warriors should not be struggling against the Lakers team like that. They yeah, shouldn't. there's the no Lakers, size on the Lakers the Lakers, team. The Lakers are oh. 27 and 34 right now. Um, and the Pelicans have two games up on them. That's how that, that's how bad they are. Wait, are they, are they the 10 seed? I'm pretty sure they're the 10 seed right now. Damn, okay. Um, we can double check that though. Let me see. But like, um, it's rough, man. Um I feel like this slide is going to keep continuing until Draymond and Clay comes back, both of them, because Clay will fix the offensive stuff, but without Draymond. Oh, the Lakers, um, the Lakers have two games up on the Pelicans. My my apologies. Oh, okay. Well, right now you would have 
you're looking at the standings. I don't think the first six change. I think the Warriors and Grizzlies could swap at two and three. And I think the Jazz and the Ma- the Jazz, Mavs, and Nuggets could all swap at four, five, six. But I think if we're being honest, I think if the Mavericks slide down to six and the Warriors are at three, that is the best matchup for the Warriors and the Sentence. Yeah, because I know we're talking the future, but the and Mavs think, really don't yeah. have a dominant big. They don't have a dominant exactly. big like Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic, uh, Zubac is a threat, uh, AD or Aiden or Steven Adams, uh, Gobert. That would be the ideal matchup, like you said earlier. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games left to get make up ground, I guess, get out of this slump, make sure everyone comes back healthy before the playoffs. I mean, damn, Iguodala hasn't played for like what? Month and a half. Where's been? Where's he been at? <laughs> so, well, I think, and a story. I think the Grizzlies will probably slide up to two, and I think down the stretch the Warriors will rest guys like Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, etc. As and I think the Grizzlies, as a young team, will fight for that two seed. And as the Warriors as an experienced team, knowing where, how to get into the postseason, how to play in the postseason, they'll slide down to three. And I think that will most likely happen within the next couple weeks as the Warriors, you look at their next six, their next three games on the road, they have the Mavericks, they have the Lakers, they have the Nuggets, then they have the Clippers, then they have the Nuggets, then they have the Bucks. Yeah, it's not a friendly schedule in the month of March for the Warriors. Uh, that and could I, be a really bad one. That could be a really I, bad stretch. I could, uh, they could get up to – they could seriously get up to 30 losses, and they could finish 52 and 30. It's seriously a possibility with the way they're playing right now and if they continue to play this way. They could damn near lose five out of the next six. That's a possibility. Yep. That's a very big possibility, and that's not good. That's not good when the West is super tight this year, where every game counts. Um, so we just got to hope and pray – not hope and pray, but, like, they better get straight um, because uh, time is ticking. April is coming around the corner, and they got to be ready. And who knows if they're going to be ready at this point with the way they're playing. I think they'll start playing better. That's just my opinion. But, you know, who knows, man? Just got to hope for the best, eh? Yes, sir, baby. Hope for the best. Uh, Now to conclude episode number 7-7 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Uh, Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod. And TikTok at Catching Dubs Pod. And make sure you uh, stay tuned for the Catching Dubs podcast episodes. Got some, got some, may have some guests coming on, everyone. So you gotta stay tuned. Um, catch you in the next one. Peace.